Right, wherever they go. All right, it is 540, 20 away from 6. Let's go to the phone lines and let's welcome in from the athletic John Machota. John, uh, first of all, thanks so, so much for your time today. Hey, John, a big game tonight as uh, football gets kicked off with the Steelers and the Cowboys. And I guess that's really kind of the only reason it's a big game tonight because football is finally back, right? Absolutely. And, you know, anytime you got Cowboys, Steelers, just the colors of those teams, <laughs> just the history of those teams, it gets you a little – that gets you excited. And, and here's the thing, like, okay, so you're not going to have Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and, and the stars that you're going to see, you know, in that – week one season opener against Tampa, but with how bad this defense was last year, to just even have a preseason game to see, you know, what Dan Quinn's going to do as, as the new defensive coordinator, to see what Mark Micah Parsons is going to do as their first-round pick, playing in what should be a bunch of different spots from what we saw out in training camp, to see Calvin Joseph, this rookie class that they spent all these draft picks on the defense, like, there's going to be enough here where, yeah, it's, it doesn't matter who wins the game, but there's going to be enough little pieces here and there that are going to probably show you a little bit bigger picture of how some of these guys can contribute during the regular season. Even if it isn't in large roles, it can be in a situation where, you know, a meaningful role for some of these guys. And, and because this defense isn't loaded with stars, there's a lot of opportunity for guys that are in playing time. And a game like this, this matters way more than anything you're showing out on the practice field out in Oxnard, California. Well, we were talking about that just a little bit ago, John. And for me, I, I'm one that, that likes preseason, and it's not just because football junkie, but I like seeing the young guys trying to fight for a roster position, not necessarily this roster, but it's kind of a job interview for all 32 teams as well. So, you know, it's fun to watch those guys kind of grind at it. Absolutely, and, and when you say that, the first person that comes to mind for me is, is Ben DiNucci. Like, I think that he's a guy to, that's going to probably play the most snaps, not only tonight for the Cowboys, but probably throughout this preseason because he didn't get any preseason last year as a seventh-round pick. And then, you know, all the injuries happen at quarterback, and they're forced to start him against the Eagles, and clearly that wasn't a, a good thing for where he was at, at, in his early stage in his career. So it'll be interesting to see for a guy like that, like what does he have in these situations is – He's showing enough to where the Cowboys are like, well, we got to keep three quarterbacks now because we got to make sure we keep this developmental guy on the roster. Or does he not perform up to, to, this, to what they are hoping? And they're like, well, we're better off keeping an extra DB, an extra defensive lineman, you know, just because those positions are going to need the extra bodies there if everyone stays healthy on the roster right now. So, yeah, it, it, and then for Ben, you know, it, it is an opportunity bigger than just the Cowboys. It's to show other teams that, hey, you know, I came from James Madison, but, you know, I can play at this level, you know, if I get the right opportunity. Uh, don't read too much into how I played against the Eagles last year and, and that. I got a lot lot more good ball in front of me to show. So, you know, that'll be interesting like that. But And then I got to just go back to Micah Parsons. We just have seen him do so many different things, you know, in training camp, in OTAs, minicamp. I'm interested to see how much Dan Quinn unleashes him in this scenario. Because at the same time, you know, you don't want to show too much either. So do you, do you feel like the Cowboys are comfortable with their quarterback situation? Obviously, Dak, they're going to bring him along a little bit slower than, than what we first anticipated. Are, are they at a point where they said, you know what, we got what we need if Dak can't play or if Dak's going to be down a game or two or whatever the case may be? Are they comfortable with what they have in camp? I would say that they're comfortable. I don't think that they're in love with their quarterback situation behind Dak. I, I would say they were in love with it last year at this time, having Andy Dalton. There were years in the past, you know, they had Kyle Orton. 
I don't think they're on that level. Are they comfortable? Like we can get through a couple games with Garrett Gilbert, game managing, being able to hang in there with all these weapons that they have on offense. Yes, they're there. But I don't think that they feel that Garrett Gilbert's on the same level as Andy Dalton to where if like Dak was to go down, you know, early in the season that he's going to be a guy that can still take them to the playoffs. I think that's, that's still probably asking too much out of Garrett Gilbert, but I think he can be a solid game manager. I mean, what we've seen from these training camp practices, he, he can, he won't make the big mistake. Like he, he's a smart quarterback. He's been around the league and he's got a lot of weapons in this offense. So I think he's good enough to where they're comfortable right now, but I don't think he's on the level to where when other teams start cutting down their rosters, that if a, if a guy becomes available, that the Cowboys are like, no, we're all set at quarterback. We don't need to keep looking. There still is a possibility that maybe a right guy becomes available that they're willing to kick the tires on for the right price. John Machota with The Athletic with us here on ESPN Central Texas talking Cowboys. They get ready to take on the Steelers tonight in the Hall of Fame game. And, John, that offensive line, how much movement have they had during training camp? Are they moving guys around in different positions and trying to find out you know, not just the mix for the starters, but find out what they might have for depth so they don't get caught uh, with their shorts down like they did last year? Yeah, I, I mean, there has been. I mean, not a ton. I would say that the, the okay. two that stand out to me are the one is at center, and that, you know, it's going to be Tyler Biotis will be the starting center. But behind him, I think that they're still looking for who's going to be that backup center. And they've tried Connor Williams there. I think right now he'd be the leader in the clubhouse if, if they were playing a regular season game today. Um, but I think they would prefer Connor stay at left guard. So they're still trying to develop that backup center, and they tried some other guys there, and, and it hasn't been great. So that's one spot. The other one would be, I would say, the backup guard spot right now. I think at backup guard, backup left guard, I think you'd go with Connor McGovern. At backup right guard, maybe McGovern or Brandon Knight. We've seen them kind of move around, but as long as Connor Williams and Zach Martin are healthy, I think those will remain your starting guards. And then at offensive tackle, they've been, unlike last year, where they didn't have Tyron, they didn't have Lyle, they've had them for the most part, and they've been pretty healthy. Uh, Lyle even made the trip to Canton, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought they'd keep him back with Zach and Tyron. but So Lyle's been out there, so there hasn't been much moving around there. And then Tyron's been healthy. And then moving into that swing tackle role, it, it's pretty clear it's Ty Naseki, the, the veteran they added in free agency. He's going to step into that kind of the three-man spot. And then behind him, you know, it's Terrence Steele, who obviously played a lot last year, and he had his ups and downs. But he would probably be the next offensive tackle in the mix. And then obviously Brandon Knight can play there as well after he played some, some there uh, last season. I think bottom line, though, is the Cowboys are just hoping that they don't have the injuries and aren't as lucky as they were last year. Not only losing Lyle Collins and you lose Tyron Smith, mm-hmm. Zach Martin, who's been as healthy as anybody, misses six games. They're, they're banking that they're going to have all those guys back. And if you have just those three guys, forget who the other two starters are. You should be one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Hey, John, I'm going to take you to the other side of the ball. Talk a little bit about uh, Trayvon Diggs and what you've seen in his second year. I think we're going to see a jump from Trayvon Diggs. I know if you, if you only watch some of the videos I post from training camp, you know, there's been a lot where CeeDee Lamb's getting the best of them. But I will say, in that training camp setting, again, you're not tackling to the ground. You don't have a lot of safety help. It, you know, it's it's more of a, I don't want to say walkthrough, but it's not game speed. So, uh, but Trayvon's always there. He, he's the clear-cut number one corner on this team. I think that, you know, he led the team in interceptions last year with three. I think that number gets up to five or six this year. I, I just... I just see a, a lot of confidence out of him. Um, I think he has a chance to be, you know, one of the best corners they've had here in a, in a while. 
Uh, and there's nothing I've seen at training camp that makes me think otherwise. If you tell me that Trayvon Diggs is going to be healthy for 17 games, yeah, I, I just I don't see how he doesn't get, you know, four, five, six, maybe even seven interceptions. He just has an aggressiveness to him that while Byron Jones was was, was a standout corner for them and obviously got paid as such by Miami, there weren't the takeaways there. Whereas, like, Trayvon Diggs might give up a big play here or there, but the takeaways are certainly there. And, and that, that's the thing that, you know, opens your eyes. And those are the things that why – I think in a couple of years when it comes time to pay him, I think that they will end up paying Trayvon Diggs, which isn't something that the Cowboys have really spent much money on in the, is, is the secondary. Okay, John, the induction speech. Who's better, Jimmy, Drew, or Cliff? It's going to be the one I'm most interested. I'm most interested in Jimmy, just because I'm wondering how he, he has to mention. You can't be. You can't give a Jimmy Johnson Hall of Fame induction speech without mentioning Jerry Jones. So mm-hmm. I'm interested how that. But I can. There's just no way I can go against Drew. Drew is. I would. I mean, when we're talking about Hall of Fame speeches, I mean, I put Drew up there with just about anybody in the NFL. And the reason I say that is just look at the times that, at the draft recently when he's had a chance to call out the Cowboys' pick and just how memorable some of those speeches are. Drew loves being in front of a microphone, and he's good in front of a microphone. And I think Jimmy's speech will be a lot shorter than Drew's. And I just I think Drew's been preparing for this for a long time. So <laughs> yeah. I would say I will put it at this. I think I think Peyton Manning's will probably be the most memorable just because of you know who Peyton Manning is overall. But I think Drew's going to be right up there. I think his speech is going to be very memorable. I think he's going to say some things that that really stand out and really you know get get Cowboys fans fired up. He's just really good at doing that. Hey John, what are you working on uh, right now? You know, it's still, even though, you know, I'll obviously have a review off of, off of tonight's game and, and things like that, but it's still training camp mode. Uh, you know, they got another week out in California before they get back to Dallas. So uh, a lot of breaking down, you know, really what happens with Dak Prescott. Is he going to be throwing next week? Are they waiting to, you know, are they going to rest his arm until they get back to Dallas? That's the biggest storyline. And then the other two are, are definitely Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence came off the physically unable to perform list after passing his physical the other day. Both of those players should be ready for week one, but Jerry Jones said early in camp he doesn't expect either of them to do anything until the team gets back to Dallas. And then the other thing is I feel like every single day I could write about CeeDee Lamb because it just seems <laughs> like he just continues to exceed expectations. So, And, again, this isn't like some previous Cowboys teams where you know he, he might be going against some suspect corners. He's going against Trayvon Diggs every day and still making these plays. So uh, those are just some of the things I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on. John, thanks. We appreciate your time and look forward to visiting with you again soon. John Machota of The Athletic, our, our guest.